pretty exciting night, isn't it? Pretty exciting time for baptisms. For baptisms. Come on, can we give Jesus a shout of praise? Awesome. Oh, it's great to see. It's, it's, it's awesome. I was talking to, to the three boys um, just before, just during the week uh, about baptism, what it is, what it means. And uh, I shared this one thought with them that it's a it's, it's one of the sacraments that we, we, uh, we, we do as a church. So if you don't know, a sacrament is something that is, so communion is a sacrament. It is something that is visible and a representation or a symbol of something that is unseen. So it's a physical symbol or something that is unseen. So communion, the bread is symbolic of Christ's body that was broken for us. The blood that was symbolic of uh, his blood that was spilled for us, covering our sins, covering our uh, uh, obviously, um, oh yeah, all, all of our sins and washing us clean, and and baptism is that is that physical representation of what Christ has done for us. That that uh, that, that and that decision that we have made uh, to follow Jesus. It's that it's the physical representation of us dying with Christ and being resurrected back into a new life as a new creation. That's what that is. Nothing magical about it. It's a physical representation of something which is uh, invisible and unseen, which is pretty cool, pretty exciting stuff. So just seeing seeing something like that just reminds me, oh man, I am saved. I am a new creation. I have been set free. I have died to myself, my old self, and been resurrected new in Christ, which is just exciting, isn't it? It's just so exciting. If you're, if, you're, if you're following Jesus and you haven't been baptized, I would encourage you, get baptized. If you really do believe in your heart, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ as the one and, tr- one and only true Son of God who has died for my sins and has, was raised to life for me. I encourage you. I want to challenge you. Why, don't you, why not get baptized? We're beginning, we'll be doing another baptism service either next month or early next year, so you can put your details down at the tent as well. But you can grab a seat. I'm just going to talk really quickly. I'm going to get Patty to keep playing just because he's so good at it. The rest of you can just have a quick seat. I just want to talk really quickly about anointing because there's a really there's a really powerful sense of God's Spirit here tonight. I'm not, I'm not sure if you can hear it. Uh, if you were here this morning, Nigel Lucas prophesied uh, in, uh, in church, and it was, it was powerful. He was talking about a flood, God's Spirit coming down here uh, into this place like a flood and filling people, filling people. And it was, so, it was so awesome because he had no idea that I was planning on talking about anointing tonight. And I believe that God's going to pour out His Spirit in this place like never before, that people who have been filled with His Spirit are going to be filled even more so. The people who have never been filled with the Holy Spirit will be filled tonight. And uh, we're going to look at that really, really quickly. I'm just going to pray before we jump into the passage. So why don't you close your heads, bow your eyes, and we will pray. That's right. That's right. Close your heads, bow your eyes. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, we thank you for an awesome night already. We celebrate your victory that was won 2,000 years ago. In fact, before the beginning of time. We thank you that you died on the cross for us, made a way to come into your presence, into your throne room, and have a relationship with you. We celebrate that tonight, and we thank you for that sacrifice. We commit the rest of the service into your hands. We pray, Holy Spirit, come and, and fill this place. 
us. Fill us afresh. Fill us new. Lord, we love you and we want more of you. We declare right now that there is so much more. There is so much more. We don't want to leave from this place until we have experienced more of your love, more of your spirit, more of your power. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Everybody shouted. Amen. Very cool. If you've got your Bibles, I want to look at just uh, uh, an old, uh, old, uh, an Old Testament passage of David. So turn with me to one Samuel chapter sixteen. This is the first time we hear of David. It's just before we hear about him when, with regards to David and Goliath. It's actually just before that, which is quite cool. And if you look at the, if you look at the, um, the life of David, it's pretty awesome. It is pretty, pretty cool. And this is the first, uh, this is the first part we hear about David. David is quite cool because he's not, he's like no one else in the Bible in that we almost get a biography of his entire life and parts of it are even autobiographical, if that is a word. So you, you, you get, you get the history in first and second Samuel and then the Chronicles and the Kings and stuff like that. Uh, but you get his, his devotion life basically in Psalms. And sometimes you hear all about the, his struggles, the things he works through, the things he celebrates in God, the things he, he fights against, and the things where he's lost all hope, and the, thing, the times when he, when he finds hope again. It's, it's quite amazing. And it's, it, if, you read, if you read through it, it's, it's, it's a story like no other in the Bible, and it's really, really cool. And I just wanted to look at this quick passage, basically where it all starts. And it starts here, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Here we go. The Lord said to Samuel, how Oh, look at that. Didn't even have to ask. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Jump to verse 6. I do believe it's six. Jump to verse six. Yeah, we're going to do six and seven. When they arrived, I've cut out a little bit. It's just a conversation Samuel had with God about being scared of dying. So it's not that important. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab, the oldest son, and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Verse seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, which is pretty awesome. I'm just going to pause right there. How often do we look at ourselves and see the outward appearance and miss what God sees inside of us? God sees something so amazing. I can tell you, if you might look at yourself tonight and think, I am dirty, I am broken, I am pathetic, I am unclean. But God sees you, sees, that, sees your heart, and He sees a child of God, pure, called, anointed. We're going to get to that soon. Let's jump to verse 11 now. Uh, so He asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Samuel asked Jesse. There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Next verse. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features, just like yours truly. Uh, then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. Going on. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers 
And from that day on, everyone say that day on. Yeah, it should have been, sorry, from that day on. Say from that, there you go. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah, which is pretty cool. I only have, I'm just going to say three real quick things. uh, And then we're going to, I'm just going to pray for everyone. And then we're going to praise Jesus. And then we're going to go home and eat more food. Come on. Amen. Amen. We all want to live a life of overflow. From this place of anointing. If not you, then, well, maybe it's just me. (laughs) But there's something about seeing someone who's operating in a gift. Something about seeing Julian Savia bowl over three or four Frenchmen, and it helps that they were French, let's be honest. There's something about seeing something like that operating under a grace or an anointing out of an overflow, not striving, not struggling, but operating in this just this natural strength. There's something special about that. Hearing Wakash drum, there's an anointing. It's something that's special. That's something that it couldn't be forced. You know, there's other drummers who are good, but when you see someone with anointing, that's significant, it's powerful, it's awesome. And I, I don't know about you, I always want to live from that place of anointing, out of, out of that place of overflow. You know, I remember this one time when uh, Emily and I, we, we had, we had uh, our e-group leaders meeting. And for our e-group leaders meeting, we always made them hot chocolate. And it was amazing. Not like Milo, although that is good. But uh, like actually melted chocolate, heated milk and cream, poured in, stirred up, cooked for like a nice 10 minutes or something like that. Nice and thick and, and, and oh, so good. And we made it at Emily's place. And my one job, everybody say one job. My one job was to bring the flasks back from church to put the hot liquid in so that we could take it to church and obviously serve it to the eager leaders. But guess what I did? I forgot to bring the flasks. My one job, I forgot my one job, failed miserably. How many people know I've been given zero jobs for the wedding? Zero jobs for the wedding, except turn up. Let's hope I can get that. No, I'm just... <laughs> I am just joking. No, uh, but so so anyway, so we didn't we didn't have any flasks. So I said, let's just take it in pots and pans. It will be okay. Uh, yeah, I was driving, <laughs> so I knew I was going to be fine. So I put we put the hot chocolate in. It was there was too much of it to fit in one pot. So we had one pot, and then we had a chopping board on top. Don't know why we didn't put the lid on it. Put the chopping board on top and then put a Pyrex glass jug on top of that filled with more liquid. And it was like Mission Impossible, I tell you. There is, you'd be surprised how bumpy the road is. You would never realize how bumpy the road is until you're trying to not spill things in, in your girlfriend's car. It's, it is amazing. I was driving super slow, super carefully, but of course the, the liquid went everywhere. No, in fact, I was in my car, so it was a manual, which is even worse. Hill starts with, uh, it was terrible. So the liquid ended up going everywhere, all over Emily's coat, all in my car. It was terrible. It was terrible. But my, my question is, when, when you are bumped or when life gets rocky, what comes out of you? What overflows out of you? What comes out of your life? Is it something that is, that is from this place of anointing, out of this place of overflow of God's Spirit in you? 
we read like we like we read in uh, just just here. God God had anointed David, and from that day on, his power was upon him, which was awesome. It was powerful. But my question to you, as we as I as I preach through this, I'm going to be really quick. What, that's my question. I want you to ask yourself: What comes out of me when I'm bumped? What is the overflow of my life? Am I living from anointing, or is there something else? Is there something else that comes out? The first thing I want to I just want to I just want to touch on. If you can check out our verse one again, Ari, that would be awesome. Chapter sixteen, verse one. The Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. I have chosen. My first point, if you're taking notes tonight, you are chosen. You are." chosen to be anointed with the power of God, of the Holy Spirit. Back in, uh, before Jesus came, there would be, uh, Jordan told me this just recently, there would be kings, prophets, and priests, and they were the chosen ones. We've learned in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that we are now a chosen people, God's chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We've learned it in Revelation that we are kings. We have been chosen. You have been chosen by God. There's no accident. I just want to say to these guys down here, Maddie's gone, but there's no accident. She's probably somewhere. Over there. Yeah, hello, Maddie. There's no, it's no accident that you guys got baptized here tonight altogether. I really believe there's a significance upon the four of you, but not just the four of you, the whole generation, your whole generation in church right now, there's a significance that, that is, was, was evidenced tonight, but is going to be so, so much bigger than that. You have, been, you have been chosen, each and every one of you have been chosen, and I believe God's put you together as friends for a reason as well. But it, it, it applies for all of us. We have all been chosen, chosen by God. Many are called, and, and the Bible says that, that, that the call goes out to many, many, many people, but few are chosen. Few are chosen to be, uh, to be God's people, to be brought into the house. How often do we look at ourselves and think that we're everything but chosen. We're anything but chosen. I want to tell you tonight, you are chosen. You are chosen. So everybody say, I am chosen. The second thing, if we jump down to uh, verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil, of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and Oh, actually, let's do, let's just go there. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the, cho- in the presence of his brothers. Second point, you are anointed. You are anointed. You have been chosen and you are anointed. You are anointed. The power of the Lord is on you. We have been given power. This word power means skill, ability, and might. Skill, ability, and might. And I want to pray for people tonight who maybe don't feel anointed. Maybe you, 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 you people have prayed for you before. Maybe people have prayed for the Holy Spirit to come upon you before you, but you, you, don't, you don't feel it. You don't, life doesn't seem to work. Life is still falling apart. Life doesn't, you still don't live from this place of overflow. Or maybe you've slipped away. Maybe you've slipped away. I want to pray for people in that space tonight. 
Because there's, there's this, like I said at the start, there's a significance about when we live from this flow, from this grace, from this anointing. There's a joy about it. There's a naturalness. There's an ease, an unforced rhythm as we walk in this, in, in this power that God so freely gives us, that when God anoints us, which is, which is awesome, which is powerful. The last thing I just wanted to say, so, oh, sorry, so say, I am chosen. I am anointed. Last one, always. Always. In verse 13, it said, end of that, end of the verse, it says, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. In power. And I always thought, you know, it's interesting that David was anointed king when he was maybe 10, 13, between 10 and 13 years old. He didn't come to actually being king until he was 25. And then he reigned for 40 years or 44 years or something like that. How hard would it have been to be anointed as king and then for 15 years not see anything like that? Not see anything like what you've been promised, what has been prayed over you, what's been prophesied over you. But what's really cool is from, from here we know that, D, that David went back out into the field, tended his father's sheep, came into the palace to care for Saul and went back out to his father's sheep. So he was anointed in the field. After that, after he killed Goliath and, and, he, and things started to happen, uh, he started to get a bit more of a following. Saul tried to kill him a number of times. He had to flee to the wilderness and he was in the wilderness, but he was still anointed in the wilderness. When he came into the palace, finally king when he was 25, he was still anointed. So it doesn't matter if you're in the field, if you're in the wilderness, or if you're living in your palace, you are anointed. And when God anoints you, you are anointed from that day on with power, with power. I just want to touch on one more verse that I'm just going to pray for us. And then we're going to go out praising Jesus. If you've got your Bible, turn to 1 John Chapter 2, verse 27. That's cool. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. This is John writing to a bunch of believers. uh, Sorry, starting again. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things... And, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. See, it's cool coming off the back of this, this series about abiding, abiding in Him. The, the primary reason God anoints us, sends His Holy Spirit, fills us to the brim, is that we would remain in Him. We would remain in Him. The only way we can step out under, from under His anointing is when we choose to separate ourselves from the vine, like, like Pastor Steve has been talking about. When we separate ourselves, when we step outside of, that is when we lose that anointing. We step out away from that anointing. We say we can do it on our own. We step outside that flow, that grace, that, that rhythm that looks so good on people. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you've stepped outside. Maybe you've stepped outside of that anointing. You used to, you used to just be able to go. 
and God would move powerfully through you. And you've lost it. Maybe you've never had it. I just want to tell you tonight, the power of grace is that it's given freely. God gives out His Spirit. He pours out His Spirit freely, abundantly, generously. And God is here to meet with you tonight. God is here to fill you afresh tonight. Maybe you, maybe you encountered God powerfully at Shout this year. And since then, there's been a waning. There's been a, a decrease. You started to question, is it actually real? Was it, was it for real? Was I just making things up? Is this even... God, are you even real? You know, I, I, don't know, I don't know what you expect to see when you are anointed, but one of my favorite stories is of Billy Graham, who uh, was, if you don't know him, he was a televangelist in the States, and, and millions of people, literally millions, came to faith through Billy Graham. But he did a couple of, uh, I'm not sure if they were crusades or if they were just like meetings and stuff where he would preach. And at the very start of his career, at the very start of the work he was doing, he saw very limited and very little success in terms of, well, anyway, success. Very little result, very little people coming to, coming to know Jesus. He went and found someone, I can't remember his name. But what he asked for, what he needed, what he, and what this guy prayed for was the infilling of the Holy Spirit, that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He went and saw him twice. And from, from the second time onwards, literally hundreds, thousands, millions of people started to get saved. If you, if you know Billy Graham, there was no speaking in tongues, very little prophecy, anything like that. It was, it was, it was just preaching the word, responding to Jesus. That was, that was what he did. So there was no, I don't know, whatever, fluffy stuff, I'll call it. I'm not discrediting fluffy stuff, but I'm just saying. But there was, there was, a, there was a change. There was a change. You know, there's something, there's something significant when, when someone gets filled with, with the Holy Spirit. They might not start prophesying. They might not start speaking in tongues. But there's a change that happens when the anointing comes upon them. I don't know about you. I, 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 I want more. I want more. It doesn't matter how much I've got. It doesn't matter how much I've had. I want more of God. I want more of God. I want more. And He gives it freely. He gives it freely. I want to invite you to jump, jump to your feet. The band can come now. Actually, actually, band, stay where you are. Stay where you are. You can come soon. Why don't I, across this place, let's lift your hands. I just want to pray for people. You might be feeling tired or weary, as Jordan talked about this morning. There might be a weariness. You might have never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that while it's not always about feeling, because we live by faith, not by sight, not by the things we feel, but by choosing to believe what God says, there's something significant when you can feel God. And God does make His presence known to us by feelings as well. You might have never felt the Holy Spirit. I believe God is going to make His presence felt tonight. There's going to be feeling tonight. Right across this place, why don't you lift your hands? I'm just going to pray for the Holy Spirit. 
and open your heart tonight. And I believe God's going to come and fill you tonight. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We thank you that you're already here. We choose to open our hearts to you right now. We pray that you come, come in your fullness. For those of us who have been filled before, I pray you fill us afresh. Fill us with more, more of your spirit, more of your power. Lord, we need more of you. We call out for more of you, more of your spirit, more of your presence. For those people who have never felt your, your, your Holy Spirit, I pray they would feel you tonight. They would feel you tonight. Lord, for those who are feeling weary and tired, burnt out, I pray that you fill them afresh, that you rise them, you raise them up, you raise them up. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit descend on this place, on every open heart, on every person's life. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we receive. We say we are ready. We say we want more. We want more. More of your Holy Spirit. More of your Holy Spirit. More power. Lord, we can't do this. We can't do this life without you. We can't do this life without you. We need you. We can't do this without you. Lord, we can't save the city without you. We can't be the change we need to be without you. We can't change ourselves. We need you. So, Lord, we pray for more of your spirit. We pray for more of your spirit. More, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus. I just really feel there's people who need to come down front as a token of saying, I want more. As a symbol of saying, I want more. Come on, we talked about sacraments today. Come down front say, I want more. I want more. If that's you tonight and you want more of God, you want more of His Holy Spirit, you want more of the anointing, come forward. 